We're calling this Inflation Week in the NFL and college football. The best teams are dominating Andrew Lynch, and the Vegas sports books are adjusting. Everybody's overpriced. How should you adjust? We'll talk about that today. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners, your favorite sports gambling podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to start with a thank you to the audience. Folks, Monday was our most listened to Monday podcast of the season. We continue to grow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Andrew Lynch, I'm excited about this weekend slate. I will say the games are not incredible how are you feeling on this thursday morning excited for this gambling slate i do want to uh kind of kind of take a somber note here for a second jay mac we try to have fun on this podcast i think we have we do a pretty good job of it um last night's news out of thousand oaks the early morning news is is really tragic and it continues kind of a, a chain of tragic events in this country of late i don't want to get too political here i did just want to say that just be kind to one another. That's not a solution necessarily, but I think it's really important to just be kind, to show love to to both your loved ones and to strangers. We're all in this together. We're going to have some fun the rest of this podcast, and I didn't want to, or too much of a down note, but I mm-hmm. thought it was worth acknowledging, um, not just the shooting in Thousand Oaks, although that one's pretty close to us here in Los Angeles. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just be kind to one another. Uh, well said, Andrew. Let's move on to the games. Uh, we're going to start with put up or shut up. You know the drill. Hashtag put up or shut up. You get to pick the game. I pick the side. Folks, I don't know what it was. Maybe you won a ton of money over the weekend. We got three put up or shut ups out of the gate. They're tough games this week. Producer Conrad, let's get started. All right, J-Mac. First game of the week is from at Jerry Richards 1. We have the Redskins heading down to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is minus three. I kind of love the Bucks here, Lynch. I mean, you feel free to talk me out of it. This is simply a war of attrition that the Redskins are losing. They've lost two offensive linemen uh, on the IR and a third. Maybe their best offensive lineman, Trent Williams, he's out with an injured, I believe it's a finger. So you're looking at a Redskins offensive line that has picked up two dudes off the street, off the street, to try and compete. Uh, Their big offseason wide receiver pickup, Paul Richardson, he's hurt. And we've seen this Redskins offense, Lynch. I mean, they were three yards in a cloud of dust with Adrian Peterson leading the way. Now you have no offensive line. Now, I know the Bucks are bad in, in all facets defensively, but I, I think i got to take the Bucks here. Remember, Washington, three of their next four are on the road. This starts a tough stretch, and you're injured. You go into that maybe Tampa Heat. Am I crazy like in the Bucks here? You're not. I think this is solid value for you. Um, I mean, if you're going to have to pick this game anyway, thanks, Mr. Richards, for that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks but, for throwing me a tough one. But yeah, I mean, first glance, you're probably like, oh, Washington, only three-point favorites. That's that's easy money. But of course, you need to consider the context here. Well, three-point underdogs. Three-point underdogs, yeah. excuse me. And like they are potentially going to be down four starting offensive linemen this week i you know me i'm a huge proponent of offensive line play being a big indicator of whether a team's going to cover or not i certainly can't take washington here so yeah i like tampa bay for you yeah everybody in this era plays fantasy football and they just look at the running backs and the receivers and the tight ends i'm a trenches guy myself i look at that first and foremost i believe tampa wins in the trenches here and at jerry richards one give me tampa bay favored by three all right next up we have one from at Alec M. Jacobs, who wants the Jaguars at the Colts, minus two and a half. 
Now, this is a tough one. There's a lot of money, Lynch. We saw that right before we started taping the podcast. Money is pouring in on Jacksonville. Now, if you looked at this game a couple weeks ago on the look ahead, it was like Indy favored by one and a half. It's now, it was at three and a half. It came down to three. And for the purposes of this bet, producer Conrad, it is currently at two and a half, right? So this is crazy because I like the Colts to win this. I think they're as healthy as they've been all season. The running game's rounding into form. But Jacksonville has the value. And uh, Mr. Alec M. Jacobs, I want to hit Lynch with a trend here. You tell me if it matters or not. Last 20 games, a team coming from London, getting a bye, and playing the next week, 16-3-1 against the spread. Ooh, I really like that one. Yeah, you're the rested. Yeah, matter, right? absolutely. Rested. You got time to prepare. That's a really good one. So there's two of those uh, this week. I won't let you know the other one yet. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to find that one. Um, I'm going to take the Jags plus two and a half. I actually am rooting Colts here because I love Andrew Luck. I like their head coach. I just, I'm rooting for Andrew Luck to come back healthy. But I'm for the purposes of this bet, at Alec M. Richards, give me the Jags plus two and a half. All right, next up, we have at Baffinair. He wants the Lions at the Bears, minus six and a half. This is tough because the first thing that jumps out at me, Lynch, how the heck is Mitch Trubisky a six and a half point favorite against anybody? I mean, we saw them last week in Buffalo. Listen, after the first quarter, that was 0-0, okay? This Buffalo defense really shut down the Bears. And, of course, you know, Nathan Peterman exists, so Chicago handily won, but... Six and a half is a lot of points. Shucks. I, I love the Bears. You know, I'm irrationally all in on the Bears. Part of it is for my ego because I said in the preseason the Bears are going to the playoffs. And we did a video on Fox for it. And it got massive numbers. And all these people were like, you're crazy. Y-O-U-R. You know that, Lynch. And uh, I was like, all right, all right. And now the Bears are looking good. They, they can't lose this game. However, I'm going to go with the Lions. Now, are we going to go six and a half or seven? producer Conrad we're gonna go six and a half I will get the Detroit Lions plus six and a half I'm rooting Bears at Baffinair what do you think that is a nickname is that a location I don't know that I necessarily want to know all I know is that <laughs> anything inside a touchdown here is great value for the Bears so the I, Bears. I would go the other direction yeah the Bears have the fourth best DVOA in the NFL headed into week 10 uh Detroit has the fourth worst and the Bears are the only team in the NFL that are top 10 in both offense and defensive DVOA okay. now last week I believe it was the Denver Broncos right they were like the surprise team in DVOA and they kind of laid an egg so, while we're on this Lions-Bears game, let me ask you, is the Bears' DVOA suddenly up because of a rout of the Bills? No, I think it's the it's a cumulative effect. I mean, they so far they've ticked up to the number one defensive DVOA in the NFL. Wow. Uh, and the, NF, and the uh, offense, excuse me, is just, they're doing a great job of just getting yards play in and play out. And I know that's a very simple thing to say, but there's so much value in being able to say, we know on any given play, we're going to get four, four and a half yards. It puts a quarterback like Mitch Trubisky, who's still learning the the NFL, in a decided advantage, I think. That's what you want to do with a young quarterback who might otherwise be turnover prone. They're putting him in great positions. I really like this Bears team. I do too, Lynch. I just keep looking at this schedule. They beat Arizona, one of the worst teams in the league. They beat Tampa, a train wreck. They beat the New York Jets, my Jets, another dumpster fire. And they beat the Bills. That's four of probably the, what, six or seven worst teams in the league. Now, they were competitive with the Patriots. Should not have lost to Brock Osweiler. And, of course, you know, we know they beat Seattle and lost that heartbreaker to Green Bay. I like the Bears, but for the purposes of this bet, 
I will take the Lions plus six and a half. In short, it is time to put up or shut up. Moving on to good bet, bad bet. This is where we dive into games. We will actually be betting on this weekend. Of course, I'm in the super contest. I will definitely be taking one of these two teams. I don't know about the other one. I'm having some nervous moments. Andrew Lynch, let's get started. The Seattle Seahawks visit the LA Rams. Now, this was plus 10. Biggest Russell Wilson has ever been a dog in his career. It's down to nine and a half. It's nine and a half in the super contest. We, we've been over this. 10, obviously a key number. They're not giving you 10. The, the, the sports book knows that there will be professional money on Seattle. I got to just say about the Rams, two brutal games in a row, right? I mean, they had that a tough one against Aaron Rodgers. Then they had to go to the Saints. This feels like a sandwich game because we all know next week they go to Mexico City for the Super Bowl preview. Can't wait. Against the Chiefs. That's going to be great. Now, the Rams are only 4-4-1 four, four, and one against the spread this season. Haven't covered the last two weeks. The Rams covered at home against them. <sighs> I like Seattle. I, I, I don't like them as a team. I just feel like the Rams, there's got to be a little bit of a pullback. And if you look at that Chargers game, second half, the Chargers did not score an offensive touchdown. And Seattle was a drop pass in the end zone away from maybe, uh, you know, forcing overtime there. So I'm going to go with Seattle. Before I toss it to you, Lynch, I do want to say the ELO ratings, which I sometimes look at from 538, heavily numbers-based, they have this as Rams favored by five and a half. So if I'm getting allegedly four points of value, I've got to go with Seattle here. This is a bad bet in my book, but not because of the side you're on. This game is just so tough. Nine and a half feels like a perfect line by Vegas. Um, This really is going to be a stay away game for me. But if I were going to get action in on one side or the other, and given that we're picking this on the podcast, I'll probably at least try to put a quarter unit on it so my money's where my mouth is. I probably go Rams. Uh, they're they're not turning the pressure into sacks, but the Rams have the second best pressure rate on from their defensive front seven in the NFL. And we know the Seahawks offensive line struggles pretty mightily at times. That combined with the fact that the Rams are more or less healthy coming into this game. Yeah. Seahawks are pretty banged up, especially the Chris Carson injury. That's I huge. think that's huge. So, you know, like I said, I'm not putting much money on this one at all. I would stay away from it entirely if we weren't discussing it on the podcast. But I'm going to take the Rams here at minus nine and a half. Okay, now I, I want to push back a little bit. So we we talk about the Saints before the podcast and how shockingly low they are in defensive yards per play. Well, the Rams are pretty bad. Uh, 24th in yards per play allowed. We know Marcus Peters getting lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, This defense is giving up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Seattle moved the ball well. We know the play action with Russell Wilson. No Aqib Tlaib back yet. We talk about spot a lot of times on this podcast. For me, sandwich game, spot. Seattle, any of that ring true? Did I can I convince you to flip? I mean, absolutely, because I'm not. I'm definitely not die hard on the Rams here. My follow up question then is, and I think we're going to get into this a little bit later. Plus, just straight up against the money line, Seattle plus three sixty eight value there. Are you is are you that confident in Seattle? Yeah, yeah, I, I actually would would take them plus three. Why not? Yeah. I mean, the Packers nearly beat them. Now I know obviously Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, I, I think uh, Seattle is a play here. I know I usually don't come in and tell you guys which way to go on either game. 
but this is a major stay away game for me. Oh, no. Producer Conrad off the top rope. No, you guys know me. I'm a big Seahawks fan. I'm telling you what right now. The offense has not been great. As much as what the numbers show, they have four wins. They are 500, but their four wins have come across a 3-5 and five Dallas team, a 2-6 and six Arizona team, a 1-7 and seven Oakland team, and a 3-5 and five Detroit team. And Detroit, honestly, if it wasn't for awful picks by Matt Stafford, they had a chance to come back in that game. The whole L.A. Chargers game last weekend, that game should have been way out of hand. You got to think L.A.'s kicker missed the extra point and he missed the easy field goal. The Seahawks, to me, just don't have it, especially without Chris Carson. And another tidbit, Russell Wilson is yet to throw for over 300 yards in a game this season. So even if the Rams' defense does give up a lot, Russell Wilson isn't putting out a ton. Wait, so I didn't even realize that. The Seahawks have not beaten a team with a winning record this year. So maybe there isn't value on the money line. Good stuff, producer Conrad. All right, next up. This is a tough one, Lynch, because when I look at this game, okay, Atlanta Falcons favored by four and a half in Cleveland. The one thing that jumps out at me, I mean, off the top rope, as you just said, the Kansas City Chiefs just gashed, gashed this Browns defense, which used to be good. 8.7 yards per play for the Chiefs. Six guys had plays for 20 yards or more. And, and the Browns just put two starting defenders on IR, a cornerback and their linebacker who's a captain, okay? For me, and again, I know I keep hammering spot, and thank you guys for the tweets you send me about spot. Maybe we'll put it on a t-shirt and sell some t-shirts. I'm going to rename my dog spot at this point. Lynch, guess who has a bye week next week? The Cleveland Browns. They've been blown out in three of their last four games. How many guys on that roster do you think are just worn down? They know there's no playoffs in the future. They got their Cancun trip. All lined up. Hey, man, it's going to be maybe 30 degrees on Sunday. I can't wait to get on that plane, jet down to the Caribbean, maybe hang out at Atlantis, uh, you know, in, in the Bahamas. I'm telling you, for me, this uh, this is a Falcons team that's on a, on the move. Now, lastly, so uh, we, we talked about how the Chiefs uh, have just put together some incredible offensive games this season. The Falcons last week against the Redskins, who had a good defense, eight for their first eight on third downs. Four for four in the red zone. Remember the red zone concerns uh, with the Falcons early against, the, obviously, in the season opener against the Eagles, they struggled. The Falcons are seventh in the red zone in the league this year. 69% of trips resulting in touchdowns. I'm not lying here. Matt Ryan is on pace to have a better season than when he was the MVP a couple years. He's just been a monster. So you got to beat up Brown secondary trying to face Julio, Sanu, and Ridley. I, I love the Falcons here. Great bet. Cleveland's defense has fallen out of the top 10. Falcons defense, yeah, they're third worst in the NFL, but the Browns have the fourth worst offense in the NFL. Are you really concerned about this Browns team racking up yards and points against Atlanta? They might break out a few big plays. I'd love to see a, a highlight-worthy play from Baker in this game. Uh, but yeah, Atlanta minus four and a half. Great bet for you. Now, uh, not to go back to the spot too much, but are the Falcons maybe overvalued because of what they just did to the, to the Redskins, who were a bit of a paper tiger? I mean, Lynch... I don't know. Is a 38-14 win in Washington that impressive? Or am I irrationally reacting to picking the Browns last week and they got smoked by the Chiefs? I'm having some nervous moments wanting to take them in the contest. It's always worth considering, but no, I don't think a ton of people were paying attention to that Atlanta-Washington game. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about that one having a kind of a fade the public essence to it. Uh, This is actually just ticked up. I don't know if it was in the last five or 20 minutes. It's up to five and a half now. So at four and a half, there's value. There you have it, folks. The two games we really like. I'm on Seattle. 
Lynch likes the Rams, and we both love the Atlanta Falcons. And real quick, just to be clear, I still like the Falcons at minus five and a half. I like that Woo! all the way. I think I like that all the way up to six and a half. You know, short of that, you know, uh, that important number on the seven. I I like the Falcons here. Okay, now let's go to our money line picks, Lynch. Uh, they've been hit and miss this year, and I'm going to get started with you because I just saw on my screen your pick. And I'm not going to ruin <laughs> anything for you. The floor is yours, Andrew Lynch. Take it away. I want everyone to know that when I made this bet, I was laughing. I was already not angry. I was just laughing about this pick. I am going with the Buffalo Bills on the money line, plus 245 against your New York Jets. I deserve that look. I should get that look. But you know what? This one to me... I actually was going to be all over this before the the quarterback news in New York. I really liked this bet when Sam Darnold was going to be taking the snaps for the Jets. To me, this is basically a coin flip game, but it's not a coin flip like ace-king versus queens. This is like... 3-5 3-5 versus 6-2 offsuit. Like, <laughs> there's every chance that we get a tie oh, here. Um, but yeah, getting you know two and a half to one, I really think the Bills, who have the better defense, they might be able to flip the field a couple times, maybe even score a defensive touchdown. I Again, I know that I'm not going to cash this bet very often, but I do think I cash it more than one in three times. And if I do, I get to say I won a money line bet on the Buffalo Bills in 2018, and I'm going to put that on my tombstone. Yeah, so. you may not actually want to cash that. You may just want to frame it in your house. I bet on Nathan Peterman and won. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that sounds crazy. Rich. It does because like, it is, but it's fine. You know, Peterman at home had been okay before, of course, the disaster last week. On the road, he's a nightmare. I mean, you're just – every time he drops back – and, you know, we talked about the sports psychology angle – I don't know how anybody on that team can look at Nathan Peterman and think, we got a chance to win. Like, the first time he has a fumble or an interception, it's going to be like, well, here we go again. And that stuff has a snowball effect. Again, Josh McCown looks to be the starter. Darnold out with, I believe, a foot injury. No tape on McCown this year, although he's, you know, he's a journeyman. He's been around. He's a professional. I, I cannot advocate that. I'm sorry. No, I, I no one outside of me should. But real quick, lowest over under of the season, 36 and a half Woo! there. Yeah, it's. I I believe the lowest since the merger was either 30 or 31. So we're starting to get into that neighborhood. Uh, but yeah. How much attention will you actually pay to this game? I mean, the, listen, last year, and I, I, I will repeat this forever. I know a lot of people say, oh, the political stuff is why the ratings were down in the NFL last year. I say maybe a little bit. I think bigger was the quarterback issue. You had so many stars out. Now, I'm not calling Sam Darnold or Josh Allen stars, but they're potential future players, rookies. People love a good rookie. There's no reason to watch this game. None. Nathan Peterman, Josh McCown. Unless you're betting on there it. You go. And I, you know, every NFL Sunday, I'm in our, our Fox War Room over at Playa Vista, our digital office. Yes. We have seven televisions up in there, and I will be sitting in front of the, or this game will be on the one directly in front of me. Well, until Nathan Peterman throws a pick, and then you're like, I'm done. I'm out. If I end up sweating this game, oh. I'm going to be very disappointed in myself. It's going to be a big sweat. Can't now, wait. Lynch, my money line pick. I'm getting ambitious here. I mean, I'm thinking, why the heck not? And I tweeted this. I put it on IG before we recorded the podcast. Just for bleeps and giggles, your boy, I'm making a $100 two-team money line parlay. And I took a photo of it because, yes, I've gotten some tweets. Oh, you could talk about picks and you got a podcast and all this. Are you really betting on the game? Show me some slips. So I'm like, bugger off, dude. I don't need to prove jack squat to Mr. Anonymous on Twitter. And just for fun, 
I took a photo of the $100 Moneyline parlay, texted it to Conrad and uh, Lynch, and if it hits, maybe I'll post it. I got the Detroit Lions plus 250 parlayed with the Cincinnati Bengals plus 215. Um, I don't think we're going to dive into Saints-Bengals, but this feels like a mother of a spot. We did a little Monday, right? For the Bengals. No A.J. Green. Lines going up. If, if the Saints were ever going to falter outdoors, maybe this is the spot for the Saints to falter. And the Detroit Lions, you know, listen, uh, Trubisky shouldn't be a six-and-a-half-point favorite. But again, I don't love the Lions or Bengals for fun. This is an action play for me. Maybe a little uh, rich for my blood here, but a $100 money line, two-team parlay on two home dogs. I'm sorry, the Detroit Lions are on the road. I'm sorry. So it's not two home dogs. And it would pay off a lot of money. Um, About 987. Nine, nine, okay, mine had it as 1,059. Maybe the line's moving. but uh, So there you have it. Those are our money line picks. Lynch is holding his nose uh, and his mouth, I believe. No, I'm fully <laughs> embracing this. Let's the go. Bills plus 265. I parlayed the Lions plus 250 and the Bengals plus 215. What the hell did you just say? On to Thursday night football. Great game here on Fox. The hot Carolina Panthers visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this line opened. Steelers minus seven. I'm seeing currently Steelers favored by three and a half across the board. And it continues to come down. Money just pouring in on the Panthers. Now, before I turn it to Lynch, I do want to say this. Because we're in disagreement on this. The last few weeks on Thursday night football... We've seen day of money come all in on one side. It came in on the New York Giants at the Eagles, and the Giants got boat raced. It came in heavily on the Arizona Cardinals, including from yours truly, against the Denver Broncos. Arizona got destroyed. It was over in the first quarter. And last week, we saw the money come pouring in on the Oakland Raiders, and that game was over in about seven minutes. My bad. Yeah, I was, I was on the Raiders as well. Lynch? We're seeing money coming in on the Thursday night team, Carolina. Are they going to get smoked in Pittsburgh? No. Three and a half is a little more treacherous. Uh, like you said, this line opened at seven. And when I opened up my gambling app on Sunday afternoon and saw that, I laughed out loud and got my money in just as it was coming down to six and a half. Listen, the Panthers are the better team here. And not only are they the better team, they're the better team in every facet of the game. And this wow. Is, this no, wait, is, no. Is that a hot take? I, it's a if it's a hot take, it's one backed up by the numbers. There we go. And okay. like this, I in three years of doing pretty you know pretty in depth NFL handicapping, I don't think I've ever seen this. Literally in every facet of the game, the Panthers are better than the Steelers. Total DVOA: Panthers third, Steelers eleventh. Offensive: Panthers fifth, Steelers eighth. Offensive pass: sixth, eighth. Offensive rushing: first, twelfth. Defense. 14th and 21st. Neither of them are exceptional on defense. Panthers are slightly above average. Pass defense. And this is where it's closest. 20th, 22nd. Okay. Rush defense. 7th, 14th. Let's even throw special teams in there. 6th and 24th. Of those eight different DVOA numbers that I just listed, both the total DVOA, offensive DVOA, defensive DVOA, special teams DVOA, and the individual aspects therein, the Panthers are better. The only place the Steelers might have an advantage is on the in the line play. And even then, it's really close. Both teams have good run-blocking offensive lines. Steelers do a slightly better job in pass protection. Again, I think the Steelers, they're a great team. They really are. But this Panthers team is rounding into a potential Super Bowl contender. The NFC is really tough, so I doubt they get there. 
but this Panthers team is is solid. I got to ask you. I mean, those numbers are staggering. I did not know it was that much of a discrepancy. Lynch, and 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 we kind of talked about this a little earlier. You know, teams building up resumes, beating bad teams. Let me give you the Carolina Panthers wins. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, not a good team, under 500. Beat the Cincinnati Bengals, New York Giants. We know what their cellar dwellers. Beat the Eagles. That's their best win. Remember, they were down 17-0 to start the fourth quarter. Cam Newton, heroics, they win that. Beat Baltimore, which is a train wreck. Off, They're off the rails. They're, they're lost. And they beat Tampa Bay. Who's the best win they have there? The Ravens. Better than the Eagles? I mean, that was at Philly. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I get, I, in that moment, I think the Ravens were probably a better team at the moment that the that they were playing them, that the Panthers were playing them, than when the Eagles were with Carson Wentz still kind of working back into form. Uh, but yeah, one of those two bird-based teams. It just <laughs> it just feels like a big step up in class for me, for the Panthers. As such, you know, I might wait to see if I get three. I don't think you're going to get the Steelers three at home, right? I mean, it'll be a juice three maybe. Three minus 120, minus 125 something. But I, I just... And I hate saying this because I've been against the Panthers a couple times lately. I had the Bucks, I had the Ravens. Those failed miserably. I just keep looking at who they've beaten and when they beat them. And, you know, Baltimore was on its fourth road game in five weeks. And I, for some reason here, I, I just I think the Steelers kind of handled them with ease tonight. On the flip side, who have the Steelers been? Yeah, I knew that was coming, and I have the Steelers pulled up. They've all of a sudden gotten hot by beating Cincinnati. Needed a last-minute touchdown there by beating Cleveland, by beating Baltimore. So, like, it's weird. Neither of these two teams have really beaten anybody. Now, the Steelers lost to Kansas City early in the season. And, you know, the the two Carolina losses were at Washington and uh, at Atlanta. So they go on the road and they've lost two. I, I think we're going to find out which one of these teams is for real tonight. And that's why I think it'll be a close game. So maybe you're right and there's value at seven, obviously. But that's long gone. I, I'm going to stick with Steelers. You know, I guess I I don't know that I would advocate paying more to juice it down to three. You never want to do that. Uh, but I, I'm just confident in the Steelers at home, short week. Give me Pittsburgh. Yeah, and if, especially if you can get this at three right before kickoff, you're you're in really good position. I don't hate this bet for you. I think, you know, this is definitely in any given Thursday situation where either team wins. And, you know, there's a chance where either team wins by 10 points. But in aggregate... Give me the better team, especially the team that's better in all facets of the game, even on the road, even in the unfriendly confines of Heinz Field. So we're divided here. Andrew Lynch is all over Carolina at seven. Did you get six and five as well? Or uh, not as key numbers, but uh, I, I like Pittsburgh, folks. I'm going to ride them favor by three and a half. Three, obviously the key number. If you can, I would say wait for three, but if you can't and you just want an action play, three and a half I would advocate. On to the Saturday slate of college football games. A mediocre slate at best. And ladies and gentlemen, I said at the outset that lines are inflated in the NFL. They are also criminally inflated in college football. If you look at the top teams, okay, the top seven are all 12-point favorites or more. The top four teams, you got to pay a big premium. They're all favored by 17 or more. So let's get started here. My first bet Alabama. I know you're thinking letdown. You know, Mississippi State comes in. They, can, they can't throw the football with Nick Fitzgerald. They can only run. I would just give a word of caution about Alabama full game. That's why I want Alabama in the first half. I think they just blitz Mississippi State right out of the gate. 
put in the backups, and I don't know if they'll cover. So I'm taking Alabama in the first half. Producer Conrad has not seen a line here yet. Full game is 23 and 23 and a half. So I'm guessing you'll probably get, what, 14, 14 and a half for the first half. Give me Bama. These are my absolute favorite bets. I don't know what the line is, <laughs> but I am so anyway. confident in that side. Give it to me anyway. Into my veins. Uh, next up, Ohio State. Now, this one's interesting. Noon game on Fox at Michigan State. You know, when the schedule comes out, this is a monster game. But Michigan State's so beat up. Been fading them a lot lately. Meanwhile, Ohio State struggled the last couple weeks. Remember, they were blown out by Purdue. However, this is why I like Ohio State favored by three and a half. The rankings for the playoff came out this week. And when you look, one of the first things you, this is not over for Ohio State. They can get right back in this. Now they need some breaks. I think they come out strong. I think Urban Meyer motivates them. And I think they win handily in East Lansing. I like Ohio State favored by three and a half. Next up. The Cincinnati Fighting Bearcats. Oh, boy. Remember I faded them a couple weeks ago when they were at Temple and they were undefeated? Well, I like them this week. They're favored by 14 against USF. Now, South Florida, a bit of a paper tiger. You know, they've lost two straight since they started out undefeated. Give it up 98 points. Going to be cold in Cincinnati. I like the Bearcats to win and cover 14 easily. Next up this is a Friday special. I think it's my first Friday bet this year. And this is risky. And I had to run it by producer Conrad because he's during the week Mr. Gambling College football guy. I'm taking Fresno State on the road on the Smurf turf favored by two and a half. Bit of a revenge game of course. They lost the conference championship game last year to Boise. I love Jeff Tedford and what he's done at Fresno State this year. It's uh, Two and a half is dangerous. Boise can get nuts on a Friday night. I haven't been, but I've heard stories. Give me Fresno State, favored by two and a half. And finally, the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Lynch, I've got a good theory here. I haven't put this out there. I may use it on the herd this week or next week. First of all, I'm taking Georgia, favored by 14 at home against Auburn. Okay, Auburn had that demoralizing loss. I believe last week it was to A&M. You know, uh, just a tough ending there for them. I like Georgia here, favored by 14 at home. Here's my theory. So everybody's been complaining. Why haven't we seen the kid Fields, their awesome freshman quarterback? My theory is they're saving him for the SEC title game, and they're going to unleash him because we know Saban has struggled against running quarterbacks. I would, my guess is Georgia has an entire package, like a quarter's worth of plays that they're going to shock Saban with in that SEC title game. So you're telling me I get betting advice and conspiracy theories on this podcast? I love it. Well, listen, I mean, the the, the media, as, as soon as Fromm has a rough game for Georgia, I don't know if you noticed this, where's Fields? Where's the freshman? You know, get him in there. Clemson went to their freshman. I'm telling you, this kid feels a special. He can run around. He's going to surprise Alabama. You need a wrinkle to beat this Alabama team. I love that kid Fields shocking everybody in that SEC title game. I'm not taking them to win, but I think they're definitely going to be in the mix against all Alabama in the SEC title game. But just to recap this week's picks, give me Alabama in the first half. Ohio State favored by three and a half. Cincinnati by 14. Fresno by two and a half. And Georgia by 14. All right, those are the picks for the podcast. And I want to end, Andrew Lynch, with a question for you. So we've seen the public dominate the last two and a half, three weeks in the NFL. And, you know, I like to take underdogs. And when I look at the slate this week, every dog has fleas to me. And I'm like, no, I don't want Cincinnati. No, I'm not touching Detroit. But my theory of going with underdogs and backing the house, should I veer off that and suddenly make adjustments the way Vegas make adjustments? Or 
should I stick with my underdogs? It's a tough one because I don't want to take bad quarterbacks anymore. And that's the thing. Particularly if your system is dependent on taking underdogs, I think you have to take a long, hard look at that right now. We've talked about this a little bit over the past couple of weeks, but we're really into a feast or famine uh, kind of season with the NFL where the good teams are very good and the bad teams are very bad. And that holds true even for those teams that are right around the average. You know, Median teams aren't all that great if they're below average teams this season. I've been very heavy on favorites over the past three weeks, not even intending to. Just as I you know, break down these games on an individual basis, I end up taking big favorites, and it's done well for me so far. So who knows how long that trend continues to hold, but if you look at kind of the cause instead of the symptom, I think the cause is that teams that have good coaching and good quarterback play are just trouncing their opponents and it's a very simple thing to say but it really decision making i come back to this a lot across sports to me the best skill that you can have if you are not an out and out superstar is decision making we've seen it with the golden state warriors obviously their three-point shooting and everything is a big part of why they've been so dominant having all those superstars matters but what makes Draymond Green Draymond Green is his decision-making and his ability to play all five positions and to know how to play all five of those positions at an elite level. It's an NBA comparison, but I think it holds here. When you have teams that are making good decisions play in, play out, they're just dominating. Yeah. Now, I to wrap up, I saw you just said something interesting about how you've been taking favorites. Do you remember a few weeks ago, there were like seven games with a three-point spread or less? There are only two three-point spreads this week. Nothing under three. Nothing. So maybe you're, you are all right, and your numbers are spot on, that the good teams are starting to separate themselves as the body of work increases. Currently, Colts are three, 49ers are a juice three, and Tampa Bay's three. Everything else is in that, uh-oh, five, seven, nine, 16 and a half. I mean... I, Sorry, the 16 crazy. and a half on the end. It it's is just comical. Beautiful. And I would, again, I would never advocate backing a 16 and a half point favorite. Um, maybe an in-game wager, you know, if the Cardinals score first, you know, you get some value on the Chiefs. But, uh, well, there it is. There you have it, folks. Thank you for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. You know what? If you're with your buddy this weekend watching a game, grab his phone, jump on his iTunes, subscribe for him to the podcast. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. We'll talk to you on Monday.